Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Wise Men Say, a Whole City podcast. My name is John and joining me as always is my co-host Alex. Good evening, Alex. How are you? Hi, John. Yeah, really, really good. Thanks. How about you? I'm excellent. Thanks. Yeah, looking forward to uh, recording the episode and discussing the the week gone by and the week ahead too. And joining us this uh, in this episode is a very special guest, City fan James. Hi, James. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm um, all right. Thank you, John. How are you? Good to have, good to be on. I'm excellent. Thank you. Yeah, excited to have you on. Um, before we get into Woody's questions. Would you like to just tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and and what what page you run as well? Yeah, sure. No, um, I've, uh, most people probably know me through uh, the Tiger Tube uh, channel on on YouTube, which has been running now for just shy of twelve years. Um, I've got a presence on Twitter as well and some uh, Facebook stuff. But yeah, it's just an archive of. Old city footage for going way back to the forties, I think, is the early stuff we've got on there. But mainly eighties, nineties, mm. early noughties. Um, I've been going to see since nineteen ninety two, um, home and away uh, regularly, uh, and I'm still still going. And oh, obviously not at the moment, but yeah, still uh, still still uh, pass older and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it, it, it feels a lot longer than it has been, really, as we said. The classic case for a whole city fan, yeah, it ages you some. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously a lot of listeners will have will have come across your, your page before, your channel on YouTube as well. And yeah, just a great, great pleasure to have you on the show. As we say on the Wiseman podcast, what a shrewd signing we've made there. By having you on. Um, yeah, we'll kick off with, with Woody's questions then. And I'll hand it over to Alex to, to sort of deliver those for us. Great, so thank you, John. And yeah, well, welcome, James. It's, it's great to have you on. Cheers. And uh, yeah, I've got I've got Woody's questions ready for you and we can get to know you a little bit more. Cool. So uh, yeah, like John, John said off air, um, just think about your answer. Uh, sorry, don't think about your answer. Just, just come. <laughs> don't th- 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 <laughs> think about your answer. 
<laughs> what I, I meant to say was, don't, don't think about your answer too much. Yeah, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't come naturally to me anyway, so no worries there. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. So we'll quickly move on then. First question. Earliest Hull City moment or memory? Um, probably. Actually, I, I'm fortunate enough to re- remember my, a bit of my first game, um, which is 1992, Exeter uh, at home. And the only thing I can remember, bearing in mind as well that City were 4-0 up, was widely celebrating an offside goal. More than any of the goals that we actually scored, but I distinctly remember me and my mate going absolutely berserk. And uh, yeah, and that sort of is, is always there, really, which you're grateful for, really. But yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. there wasn't, wasn't, much, wasn't much to celebrate around that period, but yeah, I remember celebrating a goal that wasn't scored, scored more than an actual goal that was scored. Wow. Yeah, sometimes being a City fan, it's about those. You know, victories that come now and then, isn't it? So, yeah, oh, yeah, not, yeah, not always good times. Yeah, I, 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 good VAR wasn't around then, uh, yeah, yeah. Was <laughs> uh, but although I can't imagine it being at Hull City v Exeter anyway, uh, at the no. time, yeah, no, true, true. <laughs> Great. So, second question favorite Hull City goal, or I do allow guests to say goals if you can't just pick one. Um, no, no, I can. I think I think I can narrow it down to one. Uh, it's an it's a, an off. It's an unusual one in so much as I think it's probably one that won't register. Is uh, Rodney Rose goal against uh, Leighton Orient in uh, 2000-2001 season, which was the goal that we scored after the lockout of Boothry Park. Basically, because I didn't think we were going to actually have a club uh, when when the uh, winding up order came in. And yeah, it just it was just it just still is very emotional to me, mm. um, and and I think it you know it, it was about six seven thousand in the ground maybe not even that, but yeah, just we've, we've had greater goals, but it's it's one that's always always stuck with me. What a great answer that is! Yeah. What a wonderful answer! Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's 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 one that it's one that's kind of again it, it, people will think oh god yeah of course that but it's just not one that maybe mm. would be easy to go to. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, like you said, it's a real emotional connection with the goal, isn't it? And mm. that's probably what helps you remember it more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you know, you, uh, during those eras, you, you know, City were only what felt like weeks or days away from being wound up. Anyway, you know, over a course of a decade, really. So, so to kind of be as close as we did, and then come back with that, and obviously, yeah, no, it just it'll always stay with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Next question. Favourite Hull City manager? Right, I Phil Brown. I think um, he just did what I thought was never good possible. Um, you know, getting into City as a kid and even, you know, you think two seasons before we, we went into the Premier League, you know, we, we were just struggle you know we were struggling in the championship and he just did the what I felt was the impossible he broke the ceiling you know he um and for that you think you've got to you got to, everyone was on board it was just yeah just a wonderful time and he was he was he was the perfect manager for that period yeah wise choice good choice I'd say John yeah definitely yeah Phil Brown he was the he was definitely the right uh, character for the for the time that you know that to be the manager that took us up, he had the 
thick tan, the the earpiece in. He had the panache, uh, and and after, obviously after speaking with Brian Horton as well prior to Christmas, mm. he had the the, the mentality, uh, and he probably epitomised that dare, dare to dream um, slogan that they had running through um, the the whole season. That was I still sort of use it now, like. Um, just in little situations in in life, you know, when you're going for a job or anything, you know, it just sticks with you. It, like it's any football fan, really, they can always resonate with their club in some sort of way. And it's definitely like you said about the goal and and, and Phil Brown and and some of his Phil Brownisms that he would come out with and things. It's just yeah, great memories. Throw your hat into the ring, and you know, I think the thing with Brown though, he was he just had a bulletproof belief in his own ability and and his way of doing things, which was phenomenal when you when things were going great. Obviously it was his downfall in the end and but it was yeah, just a, 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 a and, and a quite a nice guy as well. I mean I I was fortunate enough to, to meet him a few times when he was involved with City through um through a family member that, that worked at the club at the time and, and yeah, just a lovely guy as well. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Next question. Favourite Hull City player? Um, goes, I think, to me, my favourite player would be Neil Mann, which, again, is going back to the uh, mm-hmm. you know the era where I first started supporting City. And we've had far better players than Manny, but I think, again, the core of what, what was defined as a supporter is, when, is your heroes when you, grow, when you start going and getting into football and you know, so that's uh, loving the club. And Neil Mann was uh, just this captivating figure. Um, you know, not even the best player in that side around the time. I mean, there was Dino and 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 uh, and, and some other Evan uh, Brown, for example. But yeah, Manny just picked up the ball, just ran towards goal. Just uh, Manny was just this carefree kind of player. He just always he always was positive with the ball, uh, skillful. Had a left foot, which was completely alien to me from playing football. Didn't know even what what it was. Uh, you know, just there for standing on. And uh, yeah, it was just this skillful, skillful guy that just was always on the front foot, always positive. Yeah. And um, yeah, we've had better players, but yeah, I thought Manny was always the first, the first, my first city hero, really, and it always still is. Oh, lovely. Um, I am. Um, yeah, I've obviously being a left back myself uh, when I first sort of got into watching, you look for that position, and I was fortunate to work with Manny as well, uh, and the coach oh, himself, and. Uh, he was a, it, the, the very much the type of character who you you would associate with making making it as a professional. Um, like I said, very confident, very charismatic, and you was good with people. Obviously, which suited him as a coach as well. So yeah, um, completely agree with some of the points you made there. Absolutely. And finally, different style questions to the other one. This one, but best player that you've seen play against us. Um. Uh, uh, David Silva for Man City uh, just completely uh, flawless technically um, passed the ball just caressed the ball around he didn't pass it just caressed the ball to, to his teammates um, I, am, am I allowed uh, a, a random uh, the, the second one if possible Alex I don't want to kind of ruin you for, your format here <laughs> I'm going to use John as an independent adjudicator for this one John are we allowing this Yes. Okay, because it's again. <laughs> I, I, I will say nobody will ever ever say this to you. And the second one is actually and again. It's just stuck in my head. J. Manuel Thomas, when he came on for Cardiff in a cameo, he played about twenty minutes, and it was you know it was 
six foot two, about sixteen stone. No one got anywhere near him. Just bound, everyone bounced off him. Didn't even didn't score. I think it's, I think it, but it was just untouchable, and he just looked amazing. And it's like, yeah. I think it was just when he was at Arsenal at the time and he was on loan, yeah. possibly at Cardiff. And yeah, he just looked absolutely great. So yeah, that's a just just a, just as a potted random one to throw in there for you. You, you get those Why ones, not? Those, those loan signings. I mean, obviously, we had Fraser Campbell as well from Man U. Mm. And you think these players are going to go on because they, they just look unplayable and and, and yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, good, great, great shouts there, James. Cheers. Yeah, so some some play like John Walters for us. He played a short period yes. for us and. Yeah, and you know we 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 weren't saying that he was going to have such a successful career. So, yeah, some good shouts there, James, and well done. You've made it through Woody's Thank questions. You. Thank you. Any further reaction, I'll John? Just have a lie down now. <laughs> yeah, just some great answers, um, and especially about the, the the goal because a lot of the time we base that question upon the aesthetics of the goal or the difficulty of the goal that was scored, and. It was the difficulty in many other ways in terms of the situation the club was in and, and the emotional connection with that goal as well. So I thought that was a fascinating answer. So, yeah, uh, you know, brilliant answers there. The game's uh, all about emotion. I think, you know, yeah. it, it, we can all appreciate a technical goal, but, it, it, you know, the, the very base level football is all about raw emotion and, and, and passion. And, you know, yeah, it's... it's, it's Something can be brilliant and, and technically astute, but if it doesn't get you there, it doesn't get you in your heart, then, you know, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's football is just a crazy game in which you could probably score a 35-yard screamer and then your team get relegated 15 minutes later. Mm. Um, or else, you know, you could score a tap-in and, and survive uh, another another day. So, uh, especially being a, a supporter of a club like Ulster City, a football league club, as opposed to a Chelsea fan or Manchester United fan in which, you know, they'll probably pick out a goal that won them the fourth Champions League or whatnot, you know, but this is actually real football at the lower ebbs, really. Um, Alex? Yeah, it's a funny old game, isn't it? Just when you were mentioning those things there, um, the one that sticks in my mind is when Darren Moore won manager of the month for West Brom and on the same day his team got relegated. So it's, <laughs> football's got this quirky way of... Sort of showing these things you there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, you could be, you know, living on ecstasy in one minute, and then the next minute you're at the bottom of the mountain. So mm. it's a roller coaster of emotions in it, and yeah, yeah, some great yeah. answers there, and showed some real emotion as a city fan. Yeah. Um, well, we're now going to move on to uh, re- reviewing the two games that have gone by in in the week since we recorded the last episode. And Alex, I'm just wondering if our Twitter feed. Um, has been in any contact with the Portsmouth uh, fans podcast anyway, or if, if maybe we've we've been blocked or the signals maybe gone or anything like that? Because uh, yeah, we've managed to be yeah. very fortunate to have been asked to go on the uh, one of the uh, prime Portsmouth um, fan podcasts last week, and it was a you know a great chat with the lads. To be fair, and they all they all you know great sense of humour and and a great bunch of guys. And I was very very pessimistic in the way in which I predicted my outcome, saying, you know, well, both teams will be happy with a draw with Portsmouth having the game in hand. McCann's not going to change, you know, very much from his 4-3-3. It'll be very, and might be quite defensive. We're not going to bring any strikers on. And I couldn't have been more wrong, uh, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Fantastic result. And James, would you like to kick us off with your, first of all, your reaction? Um, before we do that, Alex, are you going to read the team? Is that correct? Um, yeah, yeah, I'll read the team. Yeah, and then we'll and go yeah, to James's reaction afterwards. 
Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, to answer your earlier question, I, I did get in touch with Peer Forecast, Pompey Podcast for, for Pompey News Now. Um, and it was a, it was a, a one sentence communication. Um, I just, I just said, hi guys. <laughs> Amazing. And got back Subtle. a few emerges. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all that's needed. I'm not one to, you know what I mean? I like the football to do the talking. Yeah. So yeah, I'll quickly read the team. So long in goal, interestingly coil at right back, Alfie Jones, Jacob Greaves, Calamelda. Smallwood, Doherty and Honeyman, uh, and White, KLP, and Wilkes up front. Okay, so James, what were your what's it, what was your thought? Um, you know, when watching the game, or, or, or your first game reaction really to what was a, a brilliant result for us? It was a phenomenal result. Um, I was pleased it all came together. Really, I think I, I've not been. I mean, obviously. Yeah, so I, I thought going into it, seeing uh, KLP play again, and um, along with Wilkes and White, this could work. A, big, a, a, a fluid front three, pace, trickery, and but I wasn't expecting anywhere near that level of performance. That um, and, and I was blown away by it. it. Really was. I thought that every, every single facet of the team worked brilliantly. Um, we controlled the midfield. Um, both Smallwood and Doherty allowed Honeyman to do what he does best. And with the three up front, I mean, I put this on Twitter at the time uh, during the game. It, it, the perfect front three for, for Honeyman's playmaking. Um, obviously, you throw in as well the fact he's, he's the best dead ball. Uh, taker in the in the uh, in the division, and it was it was wonderful, and obviously as well when the opposition stick to win for you as well, it's all all the more better, isn't it? Yeah, it was crazy how the uh, two own goals uh, the other way this time, uh, which was just crazy. Really thinking about the the, the mm. ten fixture beforehand, um, Alex, what were, what were your thoughts? Yeah, well, on the two goals, what more could you ask for from an opposing <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Let's get in there first. Very good. Because yeah. I know John would have had this one written down. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. It's in my, it's in my phone notes. <laughs> well, done. well done. Well done. Too shy, Alex. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. Um, well, he's had uh, he's had a poor week, hasn't he? What more? Because he got um, he got sent off against Lincoln as well. But yeah, coming back to um, City. Uh, yeah, I agree with James. Actually, it's. Um, I think that was a showing of what we were capable of if, if all the things ticked and, you know, all McCann's tactics got right and all his favourite yeah. players are on the pitch. Um, you know, that's what we're capable of. A real, you know, devastating blur to Portsmouth in, in the uh, in the title race. Yeah. Um, you know, to arguably it's between the three of us at the minute, isn't it? Hull, Lincoln and Portsmouth. And for us to blow them away 4-0, I think sends a real message to the rest of the league. Um, and not just the, the result, but the performance as well. You know, Portsmouth didn't have an answer um, for, like you said, James, Honeyman was running the show and the front three were having a bit of fun. And, you know, I'm getting, I think McGuinness was probably wetting his lips about coming on. Yeah. I think he was thinking, let, yeah, let me have a go. And yeah. um yeah. yeah, some some interesting you know, we mentioned earlier about the football throwing up some quirky moments. Well four uh, there were six goals between these two clubs in the two league meetings and four goals out of the six of them were own goals. 
what are the chances of that? I mean, I unbelievable. And the other talking before. points, yeah, I, I doubt it. I doubt it's ever happened. And, uh, yeah, a couple of other things, talking points from the game for me. Uh, interesting that Coyle's now started a couple of games in a row. Um, like a real battle going on at right back. And I hope um, hope they both stay motivated because what, what a position we are in, in the full-back position, having such a quality choice of two right-backs. Um, and interestingly as well, long keeping his place. So that's uh, another area of competition. I do wonder if um, Ingram is still suffering uh, from the long-term effects of COVID. However... Like I say, an outstanding performance and, uh, yeah, a real message shown to the, the other title contenders. Yeah, uh, and and it, there was, a, obviously, Billy Chadwick came on on the 85th minute, uh, having been recalled, you know, a testament to maybe his form. What, what were your thoughts on that? Was was it more of a case because we were, I think it was three up at the time, you know, bring on the, the young lad, or do you think he'd, he'd warranted maybe his, his chance to play? I think... Um, McCann made his intentions clear in the transfer window because um, it appears like we've shut up shop now. I think the only the only business we'll be doing now in the rest of the window, if any at all, will be um, players going out on loan or anything, the youngsters. And he sent a real message by recalling Chadwick from his loan. So he clearly must be in his plans if they're not going to sign another striker. So perhaps he's thinking, um, I've got, McGuinness and Eves as your sort of old-fashioned uh, number nines. He's got KLP as an option who can play the number nine, but can also be comfortable in those wider areas. Uh, and maybe he sees McG- uh, Chadwick as a, as a different sort of option um, yeah. at number nine or ten. I mean, I haven't seen enough of him to to know the full details. But you know, what do you think? I is think... he is he a number nine or ten or either? I think I always thought that. An attacking creative midfielder, wide player, maybe so probably more of a ten. Um, given on what I've seen from from him before, um, however, yeah, you know, it, games can evolve. It's when I watched him against games between the two at the beginning of the season, again, I just didn't think there was, you know, I thought there was a lot of improving to be done, and he, he and in the early games of the Papa Johns as well. And he has, he's, he's stepped up and he's, he's come on leaps and bounds this season. He really has. So, I, you know, best of luck to the guy. And I really hope that he kicks on because it's just great to see the academy lads coming through and, and you know, getting some minutes in the team because it hasn't happened like this for, for such a long time. Um, it's never been sort of probably this this common for, for the academy boys to be playing. So, James, what are your thoughts on Chadwick? Um, I think he's got potential. I, I quite like the facts as well. I think he... he, he, he breaks the mould with quite a lot of City uh, youngsters that do come through and he's, he's got a bit of, um, he's stocky he's got a bit, a bit of muscle on him he's, he's, he looks like he could handle himself a little bit in, in, in sort of adult football, you know rather than the uh, the under-23s um, I, I think he's, I, I actually know somebody that, that taught him and, and, uh, and, and basically said he was one of the best young players he'd seen at a very young age and then suffered, uh, I think it was an ACL injury and I think that was a good few years ago now, but that knocked his progress quite a bit. So whether he's making up for long, lost time now, but he went off to Halifax and he, in his form there was was exceptional. Yeah. And and I think the fact, as you say, that, that McCann is willing to 
put faith in him as as, as an option off the bench. Um, I mean, it was perfect time to bring him on 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 uh, Saturday with with the game already won, good experience, and um, yeah, all, all credit to him. And, and it's hopefully going to be because you've got that conveyor belt of talent coming through. It'll just hopefully breed more and more and more and more as uh, time moves on. Yeah, I mean the Portsmouth um, fans podcast asked us about McCann and what we thought of him, and um, you know. We, we're saying there are criticisms of him as a young manager. There are things he can learn, but but I would much rather have in this situation at the minute a McCann who is willing to give the young players a chance and blend it with some experience, such as buying Richie Smallwood, than maybe an old school uh, League One manager who would just buy a load of you know thirty three plus pros, senior pros, and just get us back up. And then we have this problem in a couple of years where the team needs to evolve, and we don't have the the players or the experiences in terms of young players to fill the boots. So I really like what he's doing now um, with the youngsters. And, and yeah, a great result on Saturday. Now, moving on uh, to not such a, a great result. I mean, I was putting before this game, well, before the weekend, actually, you know, four points from the next two games would be would have been fine with me. And we had to settle for three because of a stumbling block at Accrington. Alex, could you open up uh, this time, obviously by going through the team and, and open up with your initial thoughts on the Accrington defeat as well? Yeah, interesting one this, isn't it? Um, you sort of, when you when you, when you you see the game, watch the game and sort of you're, you're in the moment, you, you sort of think, oh, well, that was bad. Um, but ultimately, and I often do this and, you know, I, I may get criticised for it, but I'm going to give Accrington the credit here. I thought they played really well. And I thought they, they had a game plan and the game plan was to overrun was in midfield and you saw that in abundance. You know, they, they seemed to get the ball out wide quite well and cause us quite a few problems. Uh and ultimately they just they just were the better team on the night. So you know, we could we could sort of pick apart City's failings on the night and say we didn't do this and didn't do that very well. But, you know, I'm I'm gonna you know, be be the gentleman here and give the credit to Rackinson. They performed well and deserved the three points. And I think there was probably an element on City's part of it's very difficult if you beat a team one week to then go and play them again next week. And especially having the Pompey game in the middle, I think they were probably a bit too confident. Um, you know, and they could have trekked the game. Uh, you know, with with a bit more respect, perhaps, but. You know, ultimately, I think they, they, you know, they tried hard, and we will just have to take that one on the chin and move on. We're not going to win all the games this season, so let's keep up the momentum and not, not let it, you know, get us down. It's probably a good wake-up call, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the table now, and we've lost the the joint most games uh, in in the top eight in the league. Now, I know obviously this is a positive podcast, so we don't want to bring in negative stats like that. Um, is that something, James, to do with the, the style of play that, that we're trying to enforce in the, with the club? Or do you think maybe it's a case of winning a couple of games? And we spoke off air about, you know, classic Hull City, typical Hull City. Mm. Is it a, more of a case of, of that? What what would you put it down to? Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because bearing in mind how solid we were at the start of the season and we were just churning out those clean sheets week in, week out. And then we had that the, the night at Fleetwood where it all went wrong. Um I'm not sure. Um, I, I think that this this may be, you know, it's, without wishing to be too negative, maybe occasionally a little bit of a soft underbelly to City. You know, I think that's, you know, it was, certainly was the case at times last season. But, um, but 
I think that it's not as obvious now, but I do think maybe sometimes that could be an issue. Um, style of play, I know McCann does try, you know, to cite about being as open as possible. Um, I think that there's a the way that the city formation is, there is a, there is still clear clearly defined roles in that. Um, and you know, you so see, you look at the midfield three, you've got your advanced player, you've got your sitter in, in Smallwood, and then you've got your absolute workaholic midfielder that goes alongside that, be it Doherty or whoever. And I think sometimes if you... Whilst there wasn't any chopping and changing, I think sometimes that can upset the balance in there. Yeah. Um, and also as well, injuries, things like that. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, I think largely it is maybe a little bit of soft underbelly to City, but... Um, Hopefully, with or you know, again, additional time together as a squad and um, a good run of form together, that that'll just hopefully sort itself out. Yeah. Um, in terms of the game itself, how did you how did you view it? And and also, what what do you think we could? I know hindsight's a great thing, but you know, um, looking at the likes of of Long. And Coyle, do you think um, there could be, could have been, should have been any changes there? Um, I th- I, Long's an interesting one. I think that in- Ingram had done so well at the start of the season, and yeah, we were in a bit, bit of a bad shot of form. I'm not necess- necessarily sure it was down to him. He was certainly beating at his near post, which is a, obviously a huge no-no for a keeper. Um, but also, I would maybe point the finger at Greaves for letting them meet his man run a bit too easily. Um, on the general note, I thought that we were being by a better side, I think, as Alex uh, rightly says, uh, credit to, to Accrington. Um, I think Coleman's comments after the game at the KCOM, whereas he was quite clear, stating that that wasn't as good as they'd played off late. And I think that was clearly apparent from, from yesterday that mm. it was a, a much better performance on their side. They pressed high, they, they got in our faces, didn't let us settle. Um, I, I think that, you know, I don't think it was for lack of trying from City's side, you know, that they just didn't, it just didn't work. Um, you know, there's a few individuals, you know, a few individuals maybe look and think the performances were, were, were poor, but um, I mean, personnel wise, I'd be more interested in your opinions on why, uh, uh, bringing back in McGuinness. I mean, I know I appreciate obviously he did score. And, but um, certainly for White, I mean, whether it, do you think it was maybe a case of maybe just trying to rest it, rest up White after him not playing for so long? Or um, I, I would have liked to have seen the same front three start that started against Portsmouth. Um, McGuinness and Eves can be very temperamental in the form, can't they? Um, what, what were your thoughts, Alex? Yeah, I agree with you. I think. This is the old adage: you don't change a winning team. Yeah. And um, having been on such a high from the Pompey game, probably would have made sense to start the same front three. However, I think some of the team, you know, with it being such a cramped season, I think you could argue those might have been a bit of legginess um, mm. in some of the players. So, you know, I don't disagree with um, McCann changing it up, especially with. Um, on McGuinness's point of view, he probably has to be managed quite carefully, given that he, had, he he suffered quite badly with COVID, didn't he? And yeah. I remember his first couple of games back, he was really blowing. So yeah. the last thing we want is like another injury. So you know, it's that old that balancing act as a manager, isn't it? Um, I think actually 
the front three we had against Pompey would have probably suited Accrington better um, as, to keep with it. So, But like John said, hindsight's a wonderful thing and you might have oh, seen yeah. a bit of legginess in training. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think we can blame McCann for this one. I think um, all the players, to be fair, I think we just, you know, what all it does now is it turns this Swindon game into a must-win, doesn't it? You know, yeah. that, that is now, like, we have to win that. You can have a you can have a bad night, yeah. That's one of the things. And Swindon twenty second mm. in the league. I think the last time we played them, they were pretty far down the league as well. So mm. um, it's a uh, yeah. We do need to to make sure that we put in a bit of a streak. I think now. I mean, when we we were speaking off air about um, there might be an earlier episode actually about Phil Brown and look at the you know the era that 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 year that went up and going on a run. The championships all about going on a run. And if you can put a run together, you, you know you're in with a shout. We need to go on a bit of a run now just to try and put a gap again between us and second place because we did have one at one point and then obviously now Lincoln are three points ahead with a game in hand. So let's try and get a run together. Um, obviously, it's going to be slightly broken with our our quarter final of the in of the cup. Um, but I'm really really hoping that we can you know start with Swindon, put a bit of a run together, and, and you know build up on that you know against Burton and then and then Lincoln in the league. So. Yeah, what we're going to do now is going to the Hull City Alphabet. And the Hull City Alphabet this week is letter R. What I'm going to do is allow our guest, James, to take the honours first to pick his letter R. Um, and then it, if, if it's not the same one, I'll, I'll go for mine. And Alex, if you um, you know pick your favourite and then pick a, a, a selection of the, the finest shouts that you had from our Twitter following. So, James... Letter R of the whole city alphabet. Well, I'll, I'll repeat what I, what I tweeted to you guys, which is David Rocastle, um, who signed for us on loan from Chelsea in the uh, in the early days of the Mark Hately era, when uh, everything seemed possible and it didn't work out that way. Um, but David Rocastle came with a, a huge reputation as an England international. Um, his career hadn't worked out perhaps as he wanted to over the last uh, the previous couple of years. And it was like somebody from another planet had landed at Bowfrey Park. This, this, and, and his debut against Scarborough is he's one of them, still one of my fondest City games. He, he just dominated the game. He, he scored. I think he came close to setting up Richard Peacock a couple of times. And it was just like this, this guy just oozed class. Uh, when there really wasn't a complete drought of it, really, there wasn't an awful lot there. That and then this this, this otherworldly being came and said, "Oh, I can play. This is what football's meant to be played like, guys." And it's like, "Oh, so you don't mean to just hoof it long or knock it? You know, just 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 hit it into the channels or it's all in the air." It's, you know, it's a, a wonderful player, and um, and it's and it's nice and it, and, and poignant that that we were his last club as well. I think he before before he he passed away um, a couple of years later, I believe. Hmm. Um, yeah, and and you know that that goal against Gab on his debut, like just it just it, it, again going back to the Rodney Rowe thing, it's all about emotion, really. You know, it's just this little player that somehow ended up at City when you know he was maybe it should have been. Elsewhere, playing a better standard of football, but uh, yeah, I was I'm very, very grateful that we had him for the yeah. couple of months that we did. Amazing. We often wonder, don't we, why or how some of these players uh, do end up at the, mm. this end of the M62? And uh, yeah, it's great to it's great that these 
these memories are cast uh, by these these players, these sort of different, not not maybe not quite mavericks, but technical, you know, technically gifted players. And yeah, some oh, fantastic again sentiment there. Attach that one. My um, my selection this week also has an element of sentiment to it, just purely because. Um, I just really did idolise the guy. I thought he was a fantastic player, a wonderful professional. Uh, he also played internationally for, for Wales uh, a number of times, actually played over 50 times for Wales. He played over 100 times for us, uh, took us up to the, the Premier League as well and did not look out of place one bit. Um, following on from his City career, he played at Bolton Wanderers and Wolves as well, Wolverhampton Wanderers and you know, former manager of Shrewsbury Town as well. So my selection is Sam Ricketts. Definitely defined the, the Phil Brown era for me. Yeah, great shout. And uh, yeah, comfortable on either full-back position, wasn't he? I, I know he slipped in at left-back for us a few times, didn't he? And I seem to remember him setting up a couple of, of wind-ass goals as well. Uh, he, you know, always bond. Yeah, he set up one of one of the, the, the my favourite. I think one of the more, more iconic of uh, goals scored at the KCON with the uh, Caleb Furlan goal in the uh, the Watford playoff final, where he sort of a lung uh, lung bursting run down down the right, and he just sort of floated the, the perfect ball onto Furlan's. I mean, Furlan eventually didn't have to move. It just and hugely underrated. I thought Ricketts. I mean, you know, bearing in mind that. As you say, he was versatile. He was athletic. He, I mean, I always felt that he was one that I think again, I think he fell out with Phil Brown. I think that's the reason why he did end up leaving. But we didn't really, we could have got a lot out of him um, in terms of his career because he went on and played at, at Wolves for for a good for a good long time in the Premier yeah. League after that and Bolton. And um, yeah, I just it was a great great shout that great shout that job. Well, it's the. Um... You know, you think about the goals that that bring you those memories. Um, the, the block at Wembley, uh, you just, yeah. <laughs> you know, these moments, and and it's crazy because when you're there at the time, um, obviously you, you don't really take in how much of a big moment it was. You kind of do, but then when you watch it on TV and you watch, you know, a little old Hull City on TV again, and you you see us, you know, um, one of your players put, you know, put themselves on the line or you know making something. That was his job as a defender. I mean, he only scored one goal for the Tigers, and he he did it exceptionally well. So, yeah, Sam Ricketts, fantastic player. Yeah, I think I remember that goal as well. I think it was against, was it Swansea? I think we drubbed them 6-0. And I think Dino set him up. Quite fitting if he did, yeah, score against Swansea with his, his Welsh background. It, yeah. I think it was I think it was Southend. I, I, had to be the, uh, I think it was, it was the Southend 4-0 when Dino scored a hat-trick, that one. Uh, well, oh, yeah. Yeah, about to your knowledge. <laughs> I think you're in a better place than me. <laughs> I've, I've probably put the video up fairly recently. I think that's might might be. It. I've, put, I've done the video on uh, on YouTube. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Feel free. Feel free to add the video when we publish the pod. Oh God! Yeah, absolutely. I will do. <laughs> right, then, Alex. Yeah, so good choice, John. On Twitter, then. Yeah. So I'll start with Sam Ricketts, mentioned by Norwegian Tiger uh, Tiger Door Benedict. Maricus Flute and Rich Walker. So yeah, a popular choice that one. And uh, your your shout of David Rocastle uh, attracted quite a bit of attention on Twitter as well. So clearly, a few fans agreed with you as well, James. Um, I'm I'm going to go with some more popular ones. So uh, 
I've actually got my own shout tonight, John, that wasn't mentioned yeah. by any of the fans. Oh, um, so well, I'll I'll do the Twitter following first, and I'll mention man at the end if that's all right. Oh, you're going to keep us waiting. So, Absolutely fine. Yeah, I'll keep you sweating. <laughs> so Liam Rossini was a popular one. Uh, obviously, coming back to that immersion, we'll always remember that chant, weren't we? His nana's from all. Yeah, Liam Rossini, <laughs> nana's from all. Okay, mentioned I'll, by Luke just give Walker. a little shout out for that because my, my my friend Jim uh, Jim McVie actually created that, and it's never it's never it's never openly acknowledged. But Jim uh, Preston away came up with that, and uh, yeah, it's his little uh, little proud one of his many proud moments as a City fan. But yeah, I just thought, yeah, then. <laughs> yeah. so well, yeah, get that on the that. TV. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You, you get them. I think because I always, I always praise on the podcast how well City travel, um, and I always, I just, I love the chance that we come up with. Um, I mean, going back to my last away game, probably many of the last away games before COVID, but it was uh, the Sheffield Wednesday um, away game. We were one nil on New Year's Day um, mm. last year, and um, yeah, some of the chants were just, I can't repeat them on the podcast, unfortunately, but <laughs> the combination, and the, you know, I'd just like to label Hull City fans wordsmiths, really, for the, uh, the, the poetic nature of the chants, but yeah, great, great stuff. Well, we are a city of poets, aren't we, in famous <laughs> names, so yeah, we've definitely yeah. got that in our, it, guess it flows in the River Humber, doesn't it, and the River Hull. <laughs> It does. I think I, I think it was an unsung reason why we got the uh, City of Culture in 2017 was City City fans' chance, but we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> definitely. Yes, yeah, so Liam here. Luke Walker, Norwegian Tiger, Tagador, Benedict, Marcus Flute, and Rich Walker. Uh, Rodney Rowe was another one uh, from Luke Walker, uh, Benedict, Marcus Flute, and Rich Walker. Rodney Rowe double points for the alliteration again. We like alliteration here. Indeed. And it, this this was a different one. Gaston Ramirez. So we, we had him on learn from Southampton, I think. Is that right, James? Yeah. 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 Definitely, he had the talent to unlock a defence, um, didn't he? I think he's, he's mentioned he's one... by Norwegian time, Benedict. Yeah. Go on, James. Yeah, he's a funny one, he's, he's um, Ramirez. I think there was clearly a player in there, but um, it just you always get the, got the impression he was maybe just... In, Signed as a bit of a a, 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 a mate for uh, Hernandez to sort of help him settle in a little bit because they're both from Uruguay, aren't they? Mm. Um, I think it was maybe a shared agent or something. But he's, I mean, he's, he certainly had, had a good career away from City. I mean, he's doing very well in uh, Serie A at the moment for Sampdoria. So, so yeah, it's just it's just one of one of those nearly players, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably probably not. Didn't put all, all one hundred and ten percent is for us. Mm. Maybe yes, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, another one. Uh, obviously, flying high in the Premier League with Liverpool at the moment. Uh, Andy Robertson, also captain of Scotland, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, what a player he was for us. Uh, he was mentioned by Norwegian Tiger, Tagador, Benedict and Marcus Flute. And then the Italian international, uh, who signed for us on loan from Inter Milan, Ranocchia. Yeah. So that was from James Walker, uh, Norwegian Tiger, Benedict and Marcus Flute. Yeah. Uh, Norwegian Tiger also he mentioned him but not in a positive context so that was Liam Ridgewell who had a bit of a sorry spell for yeah. us didn't he <laughs> to your I, face I, John Sam, there Samuel for that one as well yeah god yeah Liam Ridgewell yeah well you look Should at us. The, you the two centre halves Ranocchia and Ridgewell what a contrast that is that <laughs> <laughs> very much chocolate cheese isn't it yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> Renoki probably get back pain from carrying Ridgewell through those games. <laughs> uh, Michael Reddy was mentioned by Alan Atkinson, who also mentioned Gregor Rioch and Martin Reeves. Uh, yeah, and yeah, popular another popular one here. Uh, famous son of the city was Gareth Roberts. He was mentioned by Tiger Door Benedicts and Daniel Avery. Yeah, and a couple of others as well. Uh, Dale Roberts was mentioned by Tagador. Steve Richards mentioned by Andy Roberts, and finally Carl Regan mentioned by Rich Walker. So well done to all of those who contributed to make a successful Hull City Alphabet letter R. I'm going to go with my selections now. Yeah, we kept us waiting. I've got, I've got, <laughs> yeah, I've got two for you. And uh, one was uh, a chap I mentioned. I can't remember if I mentioned it on this pod or if I mentioned it on um, one of the the shows we've been a guest on recently, John. But it was it was the fullback Alan Rogers, yeah, who we had on loan, I believe, in the championship. Yeah. In a, one of our seasons in the championship, and at the time, I just remember having the debate that we had arguably the two best players performing in our team at that moment in time were our two fullbacks in Andy Dawson and Alan Rogers, uh, who I think was signed as a sort of backup to Dawson to sort of give him a rest, uh, the odd game. But because he played so well, there was an argument to say, well, can't one of them play right back? Um, but, you know, would have taken a difficult decision to fit them in. But yeah, I just remember them both, you know, a bit like a similar situation now we've got with Coyle and Emmanuel. We had two really good fullbacks vying for the position for each other. And, you know, he came with a lot of experience and, you know, he gave a lot for the team in his in his nine games. So, yeah, my, my shout was Alan Rogers, But I also got another one as well. Uh, one that wasn't mentioned was, of course, uh, ex-England manager and famous uh, Leeds United manager uh, and played a lot of games for Man City as well was, was Don Revy, who wasn't mentioned 76 experiences for the Tigers, 12 goals, who I believe was the inventor of the deep line centre-forward or the number 10 role. Oh, they're good. Well, I tell you what, guys, we usually get the, um, the, the the Twitter following, usually get the upper hand in terms of these names and come out of nowhere. But I've got to say, Alex Alex takes the trumps on this one, uh, Twitter following. So make sure you, you come up with the obscure shouts. You know, we like those pointless answers, don't we, um, on the whole city alphabet. Cracking effort, Alex. Thank you for your input as well on there, James. Great shouts, both of you. And, um, yeah, that, that concludes Hull City Alphabet, letter R. So we're moving on to S next week. I wonder how many S's are going to uh, sort of crop up there. Um, get your suggestions in on the Twitter early and get those obscure ones in as well. In, in terms of Twitter, before we move on to previewing the, the Swindon game, I just want to, to let everybody know that the episode of the Football Library, which is is hosted by Johnny Brick. Um, he's the, the guy who interviewed Alex and I prior to Christmas and uh, talking about our experiences with Hull City. A really good in-depth interview, a two-parter. Um, I've listened to it on SoundCloud, and I'm not sure which other platforms it's on, Alex, if you've maybe come up on, across a, a few other platforms, but I can... I can Confirm that it's definitely on SoundCloud. It's definitely worth a check out as well. I believe Alex may have retweeted it. Um, really good interview. Thank you to Johnny for, for contacting us and asking us to to appear on it. We really enjoyed it because 
obviously we we really enjoy interviewing our guests on the Hull City uh, well Wise Men Say the Hull City podcast, and it was just good to tell our story as well. Really, it gave us a really it gave us a, a lot of time to sort of go through how proud we were of Hull as a city and our our memories of watching the team. And he also talks about the literature, which is the premise behind his podcast. He's a a guy who loves to dive deep into the literature behind uh, football clubs. So that's why he came to us and we talked a little bit about Brian Horton's book. Um, I talk about the decade, 10 years that shaped Hull City, amongst other books. And Alex talks about Kevin Kilban's book as well. So, so yeah, um, definitely check that out, guys, on SoundCloud. And we will try and tweet the, the link out as well so you can check it out as well. Um, yeah, we'll do that. I'll make a note of that. Um, so uh, going into the, the preview... And like we said, it's a big game against lowly uh, Swindon in the league. Uh, bounce back ability is the word that comes to mind, uh, James. What do you think the approach should be for this game, or what are you what are your thoughts? Um, I think the approach will be same as usual. I don't think it'll change any. Yeah. Um, be interested to see. I imagine that Crowley will come in for Honeyman. I'd be very surprised if Honeyman plays. Um, I mean. I'm, didn't look particularly promising on uh, with the injury last night, but um, yeah, I think it'll be the same. I, the, thing, the thing as well with with the Swindon, uh, the previous Swindon game, we really owe them. I mean, we should have comfortably seen 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 them off in that uh, the the game down there. Um, but yeah, get get back. You know, I think this. I got the impression from the way that McCann was speaking that he appreciates that there's a need to be more clinical again. I mean, it seems weird having scored four goals, but. Um, yeah, just get into them early on, early on, and uh, hopefully that'll uh, that'll lead to a positive result. Yeah, um, I'm, we are hoping for that. We're hoping for that. You know that that bounce back again. Like we said, we need to put some wins together. We know that it's going to be broken up by obviously the cup fixture, which we're going to come to in a moment. Alex, do you envisage that the team that McCann will select will have the quarter final of the cup in mind, or do you think we've got? that kind of squad that can pretty much interchange to to suit the the needs of the league and the demands of the cup. Yeah, I don't I don't think uh I think McCann's a sort of take one game at a time kind of manager. So I don't think he'll have an eye on the cup game just yet. Right, he does know that the games are coming thick and fast though. <laughs> <laughs> He's always looking for those thick and fast fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah um I think yeah, I think he'll just look at this game. Obviously, the main focus will be on the league as much as we are enjoying a good cup run in the yeah. in the trophy. Uh, I think you know the the main priority has got to be the three points against Swindon. So yeah, I think maybe a couple of changes, bring in some fresh legs. Um, but like like James says, I'm sure the tactics will be the same. He likes his holding midfielder in Smallwood and and you know two a bit more creative ones, uh, particularly Honeyman. So it'd be interesting uh, to see if if Honeyman does does recover. Um, but yeah, if not, you know, that's a chance for someone else. Uh, and, and you know, like we've said in in the in the pod and earlier on in the season, we, we've got a squad um that is built for this. So we should be able to cope better with injuries than than a few of League One counterparts. So yeah, a, a must win for me is is Swindon. You know, we cannot you know, you could you could you can take losing away to Accrington, but if you're home to the team that's you know second bottom in the league and you want to go up, it's got to be three points for me. No pressure, McCann. 
Yeah. Who, who's your front three, James, to start? Bearing in mind, you, you know, we mentioned about the, the one of the most sort of complete or best front threes that we've seen so far this season against Portsmouth. How would you shape up in terms of your front three against Swindon? I would be tempted to actually, I thought um, Wilkes has, hasn't been in great form in terms of his all-round play of late. Um, I'd be tempted to maybe give him a, a start off the bench and go with McGuinness instead of him. So McGuinness through the middle with um, KLP and uh, and White outside of him. Okay. Um, I, I, I just think I, as much as I can uh, fully appreciate, obviously, the um, be looking after McGuinness in terms of his fitness, I think see how much he's got left in the tank and then obviously Wilkes off off the bench is, is a decent option. You know, I think he and it maybe would give him a bit more uh, bite to his game as well. A bit more yeah. point a point to prove. Yeah, and we talk about sort of Mavericks, I think I mentioned earlier, he certainly is a Maverick and we need that kind of player um to just make things happen. We could, you know, if it is tight, bring him on and see what he can do. If not, you know, he's got a, a good bit of rest to, to start maybe in the quarterfinal on, on Tuesday. I'm going to throw a really difficult question at you now, Alex. Um, Coyle or Emmanuel? Uh, Emmanuel. Yeah, I think he's warranted that 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 time back in the team. I think, I think McCann's managed it quite well, actually. I think he's keeping him hungry. He's resting him and, he, you know... Right, you'll get your chance back in. Um, he's obviously got to manage both players. Coyle will be, no doubt, given obviously you know his sort of upbringing and, and, and how tough he is, knocking on that door of McCann's and saying, look, I need to play. So I think he's managed the situation relatively well. Um, and then maybe you know he says to Coyle, he, he says, look, I'm going to go with Manuel back in the league. You've got the armband for Tuesday's game in the cup. So yeah, it can work Yeah, work quite well for him. You know, If, if, if Coyle does get the team to Wembley, He's got a chance of lifting the trophy for his hometown club. So yeah, I can see McCann really sort of managing the situation relatively well. And um, we look to the cup now. Um, so, oh, did I go for score predictions? I don't know if we got some score predictions. Let's get some, some, uh, you're going to put your neck out on the line now, guys, um, for both of you. Uh, if you want, I'll, I'll start us off and I'll say we'll, we'll, we'll get a comfortable 2 0 win. Obviously, everyone who listens to the podcast knows um, n- never to put money. On a score prediction that John said, but um, we might be able to trust uh, Alex and Jamie's um, foresight a little bit more. Jamie, uh, sorry, James, what is your what is your score prediction? You, you, you've stolen me thunder. Then I was I was thinking two 0 as well. Uh, so <laughs> whether well, that's a good thing or a bad thing, John, I'm not sure. <laughs> in that case, in that case, definitely put the money on. Um, Alex, <laughs> Alex, what's your score predictions? I'm going to go six 0 Six nil. Here at Wiseman, say we we do like to be positive. Um, Alex certainly does indeed, and, and goes for the bold ones. But you know, it could happen. Who knows? Um, we've we, you know we've put four past a, a promotion rival. So who's to say that we can't put an extra two past a sort of relegation contender? We shall see. All sets up nicely for Swindon to put three past us on Saturday. Right, going into the Lincoln game, the <laughs> cup quarter final. It's one of those early on in the season. We don't need it. It's an extra cup competition. It doesn't mean anything. Wembley's not not far away now. Two wins. What what are our thoughts in terms of the the Lincoln Cup quarter final, Alex? I'll come to you first. Um, we're, we're obviously well. I'll say we're obviously see some changes. Do you think we will? Yes, I think we will see some changes. I think, like you say, Coyle will be throwing the armband. Um, 
but yeah, this game has got added spice for me, as I've mentioned a couple of times. Uh, my boss is a Lincoln City fan. Uh, and to quote Kevin Keegan, I would love it if we beat them. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's one of those funny things in football. You know, we haven't been in the same league as Lincoln for a while. Mm. Uh, my boss, you know, it, we have a bit of banter about it. You know, it'd be, it'd be great if we could just get the get this leg over them and get and get the win and get through to the semi-finals. So yeah, um, I think given our turnaround in, in, in games in the Cup, I, I fancy us, you know, because that team's got a bit of confidence. You know, we came down from 2-0 down and what seemed like we was heading out against Fleetwood to a 3-2 victory. So they've got to be buoyed by the, the confidence that that brings. And hopefully, you know, a lot of them players are now getting another chance to knock on McCann's door. You know, those players who aren't quite featuring in the league, you know, you think about like Callum Jones, maybe Regan Slater, and also a chance to maybe start some of the new signings in January. Flores, uh, maybe um, Crowley, perhaps, or maybe like you say, John, uh, let's you know get Chadwick a go potentially. Um, I think he'll probably start strong and then look on look to bring a few players on. But yeah, I'm I'm going for if you want my early score prediction, I'm going for a two-one City. Yeah. Okay. Um, and James, do you agree with some of the points Alex made there? I think and- I'll- yeah, no, I think Alex is absolutely spot on. I think it'd um, be a, nice, uh, a good excuse to be a bit of a start strong and then potentially interweave players off the bench that maybe aren't getting regular games. Um, I mean, I, I hope we win. I just I, Lincoln are a really irritating team for me. Yeah. I've just I've never I've never been you know never been fond of them. Even we say back in the day when we played them regularly with season on season, just an irritation really. I hope we absolutely do them. <laughs> you know. So, you know, that trip down the A15, James. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> just that plumbing, that plumbing air raid siren they, they had at Sinsel Bank just always wound me up. Yeah. Um, a bit like the one at Fleetwood with the old um, caps in pugwash and that. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think given the uh, given the the animosity there from both of you towards uh, Lincoln City, it's one of them games that. You know, I, I, I wish that we were we were all there and to put a few past them and do the classic mauled by the tigers and, and irritate them in that uh, sense as well. In terms of in terms of my prediction, I think I think you, you both basically encapsulate what what we're thinking. Um, change few changes, good to see a few players um, interchange into to the lineup. I'm going to go for a two-one. We'll go for a 2-1. I don't think it's going to be as late as the last one. Uh, hopefully not, because I don't know if my hat can take it. Certainly can't take another penalty shootout. I know a lot of people saying, you know, it doesn't really matter and things, but I, I, it does to me. Um, I, I think the same may go for you, James. And, you know, for the, for the people who have watched them, uh, watch City a lot lower down than this, it probably does mean quite a lot because it's a chance to go at Wembley and it certainly does for the players. A group of players that may never play at Wembley again. Who knows? So, um, yeah, hoping for the win, uh, and it's you know two wins is very much needed. Get that get that ball rolling again. Get that momentum for the rest of the season, and that concludes this week's edition of Wise Men Say, a Hull City podcast. I've got to say, James, despite uh, technical issues, you were professional throughout. Absolutely fantastic. The show went on, and uh, it was it's been a real pleasure to have you on our show as a guest. We'd love to have you on again in the future. 
Yeah, thanks, thanks very much, guys. It's been a real pleasure, and thanks for uh, letting me have one, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to find a new broadband provider before then. <laughs> and for any <laughs> City fans that have been um, living under a rock, you know, those, those City fans who Nigel Pearson would call an ostrich, where can they, where can they find your channel? Um, well, I'm on Twitter at TigerTube Player, um, and I'm on Facebook. If you just uh, look for TigerTube on there, you'll find me. And the YouTube site uh, is got everything on there as well. So if you just look at TigerTube on YouTube, amazing! Cannot wait to watch Sam Ricketts block later on. And Alec, <laughs> uh, again, thank you so much for for co-hosting. Really do enjoy these episodes and. Uh, and, and all the work that goes into the social media side, the Twitter side, and, and getting in the, the shouts for the whole city alphabet, in addition to the the um, the comments to the Portsmouth fans podcast as well. So I do appreciate Alex. No, thank you, and yeah, thank you, James, as well for coming on. It's it's been a real pleasure to put a face to the name, and uh, yeah, uh, thank you for all the your work that you do in sharing all those videos. I'm sure you bring uh, many moments of joy. To many city fans, uh, thank you and long may that continue. And yes, thank you, John, um, for, for all that you do, and thank you for co-hosting like a champ. <laughs> thank you very much, right, guys? Thanks for listening. See you next week. Podcast Network.